0: This is Archive Atlanta, episode 167, First Female Detective. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lamos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So I'm so excited to bring you this short story about Hattie Barnett listed as Atlanta's first female private detective and I did this episode probably more than a year ago for Patreon um, but I kind of wanted to round out Women's History Month uh, with a story about her I talked about her at a talk I did at the Forsyth County Library and I forgot that I had not shared it on this uh on the main feed so I came across her story really randomly, of course. Um, It's when I was doing the Carlisle Christie murder, and there was very little about her, Um, of course, like most women, right? Very little about her personal life, very little about her professional life. But that is why these mini episodes to me are so important, because as small as she may seem to the larger story of the city, I think that it's these everyday people that were the most interesting part of history. Hattie Hip was born in 1868 in North Carolina or South Carolina, not quite sure, but seems that she moved to Tennessee at some point after she got married. Even her husband's name is a bit of a mystery. It's been listed in one source as David and in another source as William Barnett. In a Tennessee census record, she is listed as a widow, and this is around 1900. By 1903, Hattie Barnett lived in Atlanta at 78 Hood Street and she operated as an independent private investigator or detective. We don't know how she got into this field, but I did a little digging, and there was only one detective agency listed in the 1906 directory, and she didn't work there. She did join the Women's Christian Temperance Union, uh, and there's a quote from her there where she says, My aim is to keep my work on the square and my conscience as clean as any ministers in the city. Quote. The city's police department had used women as operatives before, but they were more likely prostitutes and used in prostitution-related stings, not really as a detective. Records from the time label these women as Secret Service Detectives. This is not what Hattie does. She works with private clients, mainly specializing in busting shoplifters. So in 1907, she applies to the city of Atlanta for a detective license, but she was denied. Two years later, in 1909, the police board recommended that Miss Hattie Barnett was given a license. And at this point in her life, she's living on Lucky Street, and the board notes her as a successful local lady detective. On her application, she states that she's been doing detective work for 20 years, and having a license would better allow her to serve Atlantans. Her license was granted, and this makes her the first official female detective in the city. The way the system worked is that each year you had to go in front of the police examination board and get your license renewed. And just from the few stories I read, I think Barnett was a bit of a character. So in 1912, the newspaper calls her Atlanta's petticoated Sherlock Holmes. She shows up to the examination board, and she immediately complains of a headache, and she calls a cab. And then she hides in the chief's office until the cab comes. And this is pretty bizarre. So reporters kind of jump on the story. Uh, They follow her home, they find her there, and she tells them, quote, I just came to show them that I'm not afraid to stand the examination." She has been working 23 years, she has nothing to hide, but the whole thing is just weird. Like, why wouldn't she stand for her renewal? Um, Evidently, it all worked out because by 1913, she is still listed as the state's only licensed female detective. At this point in time, she does have an assistant, and her name is Miss Emma Wright. As expected, the idea of two women detectives in 1913 is quite a sensation. So the Constitution sends a reporter to Hattie's house to write up a story. His first surprise is that she's a regular person. And then the second surprise is that her kitchen is spotless. Because, you know, how could a working woman also maintain her household? I don't know. She tells him that she started working as a detective at the age of 16, Uh, She's been doing it for 14 years, so he does some basic math in his head and calculates she's about 30 years old. Her specialty is shoplifters, and she says she can detect secret compartments in women's skirts from a mile away. She's a widow, and she tells the reporter, quote, I don't need a husband. They are nuisances, and they get in the way, end quote. The state of Georgia actually hired her to do some work on the investigating um, of the Mary Fagan murder. Of course, I did an episode about Leo Frank. Um, But for several days, Barnett was actually employed by the National Pencil Factory doing undercover work. The only way we know about Hattie Barnett is her random mentions in the newspapers. And lucky for us, there were a lot of weird mentions. Sometime, Sometime around 1914, her neighbor mistakes her house for his own. Uh, And this is Christmas morning, so, you know, maybe he was hungover, maybe he was drunk, I don't know. But he busts into her house, she raises a gun to his head, but she pauses. And she explains later that she envisioned this cold dead body and it made her, you know, pull away and not pull the trigger. And so the neighbor ends up being fined for trespassing and she feels so bad about it that she pays his fine. In 1917, during World War I, she volunteered her services to the U.S. Secret Service uh, for aid in running down spies or German intruders, German spies in Atlanta. Um, she tells them that she has captured more female shoplifters than anyone else in the South and that women are an indispensable aid to their country. In January of 1919, she was unwillingly involved in the Albright Christie case. Uh, I actually really want to do a standalone mini episode on this because this is kind of a dramatic little uh, court case. But she was friends with Mrs. February, um, who was involved in this murder case. And so Hattie is supposedly summoned to the court and the attorney can't find her anywhere. She appears out of nowhere and she's like, hey, I will talk to the jury At any time, you know, I live down at 122 East Fair Street. I'm always home. And the case actually comes to trial two years later, and Hattie is officially subpoenaed by the state as a witness in the trial. She stands before the judge, and she tells him that before she goes into any details that, quote, women must be barred from criminal trials in Fulton County, end quote. She believes that the courtroom of the average murder trial is merely the training school where wives learn the tricks used by other women in killing their husbands. Hattie Barnett died in May of 1923 in a local sanatorium. We don't know what ailed her, but it is clear that she knew death was coming because she had specific written instructions about her funeral. Her pallbearers and undertakers were explicitly named in her notes, and when she died, her services were held at the Chapel of Barclay in Brandon, with Reverend B.R. Lay officiating and Police Chief Beavers, Chief Matheson, and Sheriff Lowry among the pallbearers. She was buried at Westview Cemetery, and I am hoping that the next time I go there, in the next few weeks, I will find her. So I will report back if I'm successful. So there you have it, the story of Atlanta's first female detective. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember to leave a rating and or a review. Uh, You can visit the Patreon link in the show notes if you want to support the podcast. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.